might have signed up for this relevant plus experience. Ooh. Because they're not like, I can only get 10 articles free a month. Is it going to be like CNN plus and fold within a month? <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> I only found out about it after it folded. Right? <laughs> Me too. That was a bad idea Clearly to nobody with. did, yes. <laughs> That's like be- Beyond Sunday Plus has a better <laughs> shot of of success than that. Okay, what would we what would we include in our Beyond Sunday Plus content? What would, what would be? <laughs> behind the scenes clips? You get an extra thirty seconds of the conversations that happened sure. before the recording. Yeah, you can get all the because be- usually this before conversation is like four minutes long, and I cut it down to like forty five seconds. Four minutes long and often bordering on things we should not be talking about. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> or super boring, right? <laughs> and this was a waste of all of our time. <laughs> all right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. Where we're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff with me as always, Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And no, Elise McCarter. Did she become su- successful? Is this it? Well, this is her big break. She's at work. <laughs> all right, let's move in the right direction. Yeah. Good for her. Yes, her work is not our work. So it's tragic. <laughs> it is. It is. I yeah. don't know if, that, if it's tragic for us or for her. One, one way or the other. Maybe. So sometimes that means she has to work and can't come in yeah. to record our podcast. Yeah. yeah. And this, you know, the first part of June is going to be a little interesting for us here. We've got sure VBS. Mm-hmm. Both you and I will be gone on a mission trip. Yeah. Let's record one on the mission trip. Let's not. <laughs> I think that'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we can do it on the plane while we're flying to uh, Wyoming. The f- flight will love it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't we cover this about like we'll the musicians? Do, we'll do, on we're, a not, we're not going to sing a song with them. We're just going to do interviews with them as they're sitting in their seat. Sure. Excuse me, would you sure. like to be on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> as we shove a microphone in their face. Yeah. Tell me about uh, faith. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. will love it. Yeah. Are you familiar with Relevant magazine? <laughs> Pick an article. That's right. <laughs> Which one do you want to talk about, sir, <laughs> ma'am? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, she's not here this week. Uh, I think she'll be back next week, though. Yeah. And you weren't here last week. I was not. Where were you? I was at a conference in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, the the bristling Tucson, Arizona. Bristling? I don't know. It's fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I assume so. I was not. We, I was at the conference, so I wasn't doing much Tucson stuff. But I did get to hike in a desert, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. And I learned that cactuses are really big. <laughs> Some of them are. Yeah. yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. I assumed cactuses were like five, seven, maybe 10 feet tall. Nope. 25, 30 feet. Okay. These are big cacti. That's big. That's a big cactus. Very tall. I think I read that it's a myth that you can like drink the water inside a cactus if you're like dying of thirst in the desert. I was not dying of thirst in the desert, so I did not try that myth. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're dying of thirst, like, hey, you know, like. Give it a shot. <laughs> roll the dice. <laughs> but I think it's it's actually like, it's not really going to help you. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. It is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we're actually going to talk about your conference. Oh. Here in a second. But first, right. we got to go through our new section. Uh, have you ever bought anything from like a Salvation Army or Goodwill or something? Yeah, I've bought Goodwill purchases before. Yeah, what have you bought from a Goodwill? Oh, let's see. Uh, I did a a race a while back, like a quarter marathon when I was up in Ohio. And okay. so I bought some pre-race warm-up stuff because it was going to be cold, but I didn't want to have to like sure. yeah. care about stuff. And so I just threw it off because they, they had a thing with the race. It was like, oh, if you leave it here, we'll donate it back to wherever. I'm like, cool. So I just... Bought a sweatshirt and then left it at there. Yeah, uh, I think I once bought some Bengals attire uh, for a Bengals game that I was going to yeah. at a thrift store. You know, sure. I don't like go to thrifting for my day to day wear. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely done some like let's go to the thrift store and look around yeah. and see what kind of fun T-shirts might still be available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, you know, costume season. I'll go to the thrift there store if I need to buy costume sure. supplies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but nothing of of note, right? That you've not, ever purchased. Yeah, I would not. Yeah, certainly yeah. nothing of value. I mean. Sure. 
Texas woman, Goodwill Fine, turns out to be 2,000-year-old Roman relic. Wow. Yeah. Solid choice. Okay. Uh, so she bought a $35 marble bust from a Goodwill store, and it turned into a relic from ancient Rome. Wow. It turned into one? Well, that's what Transformed. It is. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, in Austin in 2018. But now we're of course it's finally it was, been of discovered. Of course it was in Austin. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and she's had over four years? Well, I think they've been getting it like tested and things like that. Now we've come to like the conclusion. Wow, this we've, is actually we've dated it or whatever. a pretty old relic. Or is at least it? now people are finding it out in the news. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it a bust of someone famous from 2,000 years ago? or um, It belongs to it Jesus. It belongs to a Roman military leader. So I'm oh, assuming that. It's no. the centurion. There he is. Does that seem like a centurion? It does. It absolutely. I can see it. Yeah. What was this news source? What was that? This is Guardian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Guardian's reporting on things that happen in Texas. Yeah. Look at them go. <laughs> their, their international section really needs to sure. beef up their research. I was just looking for anything that looked interesting. Uh, Laura Young told CNN she had a, it was no, it was a bargain at thirty five dollars, so there was no reason not to buy it. Would you know. Would you buy a marble bust of a head for thirty five bucks? Probably not. <laughs> like if I'm being honest, how big is this thing? I think it's you know head size. <laughs> okay, so life size, life, life size. size yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, it's definitely like. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. Like it's like a marble bus. You know, yeah. kind of, it's you know interesting. If you if you have a home that has, has that a, kind of yeah, thing, if you're into that, that kind of that's aesthetic, your vibe. Yeah, yeah. This would be fun. The uh, toddler vibe that we've got going in our yeah. houses doesn't necessarily warrant a marble bust. Maybe I should get it for my office. Sure, thirty-five bucks. I can go to, a, let's I can go to Goodwill. A, I can get a marble bust. Find some for thirty-five. Find bucks. some priceless art. Yeah. yeah, I can tell them it's uh, I don't know, somebody famous in the church. They're like, oh yeah, it's a bust of Martin Luther. Nobody would know. That's fine. <laughs> okay, so it's been traced. So uh-huh. she took it to some auctioneers. They're like, hey, how much is this worth? You know, like uh, that show. What's that? Uh, antique. That's road, antique road show. An, antique yeah. road show. Yeah. You said um, you almost said antique roadhouse, didn't you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> The Antique Roadhouse. Yeah, I'd go to that. <laughs> Me too. They probably have rolls there. Right. <laughs> Sounds delicious. <laughs> Though the rolls might be antiques. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but they found photos of the bust from the 1930s. Oh, I was going to say, from Germany. 2,000 years ago. That's a... In Germany. So they they could trace okay. it back to, it was a German relic that somehow ended up 1930s in... 1930s Germany. Okay. Yeah, so probably from the war. Somebody probably stole it from somebody. Somebody yeah. stole it from somebody. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and then they... Later confirmed. How do they know, sorry, how do they know in a photo that this is the same bust? Look, I don't know. I don't know how this works. I'm okay. not an antiquer. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I do know who it is. All right. It belongs to former military leader Sextus Pompey. Wow. There you go. Did he go down in Pompey? Um, his father was Pompey the Great, a political ally turned enemy of Julius Caesar. Oh, I remember that name. I heard that once upon a time. Yeah. So there you go. It is now on display in the San Antonio Museum of Art. Cool. So, did this woman get like a tax credit for donating it to the museum? I don't know. I she should at least get her thirty five dollars back, <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it sounds like it was it was uh, taken from Germany, kept in storage until like some grandkid found it. And uh-huh. like, what is this nonsense? Yeah. I don't need this. Dumped it in a box to Goodwill. Yeah, dumped it in a box and shipped it off to Goodwill. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So well, um, that's beautiful. Um, so I think the lesson here is that we should all have marble busts of ourselves made and give them to our grandkids so that in 2,000 years they too can be an sure. ancient relic. <laughs> some some Beyond Sunday marble busts. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. The Beyond Sunday Relic. It'll be, or it's like a bust of all three of our heads together. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Maybe like the see no evil, hear no evil, oh, there you speak go. no yeah, evil yeah. monkeys. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Is that monkey? I mean, I always associate with monkeys for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. If I, th- it... I think the emoji of it is a monkey doing sure. it, doing that face. I don't know that it's always a monkey. <laughs> I think it is. Okay. <laughs> so uh, maybe us as monkeys. <laughs> Maybe at this point, it's just monkeys. I don't think we need to be monkeys. I think it can just be monkeys at that point. Uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, they'll convey your essence as a monkey. Okay. I'm a little concerned about how you would convey my essence as a monkey, but let's just roll on from that. We missed you last week. We were talking about condiments <laughs> and tattoos. Yeah? yeah. All the things that I hate. <laughs> okay. If you got to your head. Let me ask you. If you had to get a condiment tattoo. Like would... A condiment tattoo? Yes. What condiment? Like a, a tattoo of a bottle of a condiment? Yeah. Condiment themed tattoo. Okay. Condiment themed tattoo. Would you ha- which would you get? Uh, queso. Does queso. that count as a condiment? No. Salsa? Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with salsa. Okay. A salsa tattoo? Yeah. Salsa tattoo. Sure. Not a crunch one? No. It'd be <laughs> it'd be a bowl of chips and a plate of salsa in the middle. Yeah. All right. I like it. That's <laughs> cute. Yeah. All right, let's talk about our main Maybe story. Maybe a little jalapeno dancing on the side. Okay, wow. <laughs> this this now is starting into pretty elaborate. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if we're going to go, we're going to go off. So we're going to get a tattoo. Sure. We tried to crowdsource it to the Beyond Sunday um, uh, family to send us money, and we will uh, use that to get you a tattoo. To get uh, me a tattoo. Of a condiment. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Well, if there's money left over, I'll get a condiment tattoo. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, Beyond Sunday, for not sending in to that particular adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's not too late. Let's just say that. It's not too late. Deadline was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) It's done. Uh, So you had a special theme. You you at your conference, right? Yeah, so this was a gathering of pastors of larger churches throughout uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, uh, of which we are one body, one member uh, church. And so uh, we're all facing similar challenges because we're larger congregations going through similar similar challenges in the culture and in the community. And so we brought in a speaker. His name is Steve Cuss, C-U-S-S. You can find him at uh, stevecusswords.com, which I just think is a great... That's website. Great. Yeah, Steve Cusswords. Uh, but he uh, works a lot. He's a pastor who works a lot with uh, systems theory, but particularly with anxiety within systems and how uh, leaders managing their own anxiety affects the anxiety within the larger system. Okay. So, yeah, so that, that was the theme of the conference. Yeah. So we are to talk a little about anxiety. Excellent. So some from your conference, and we also have an article from oh. our good friends at Relevant. Yay. Yes. So let me ask you this. Do you feel anxious right now? You know... No, no more or less than uh, normal anxiety times. You know? think, that's good. Yeah. So. I think that's a, that's an important realization that there's a base level of anxiety sure. that we're all carrying with us all the time. Yeah. And even when we're pretending like, oh, I'm not anxious at all. Like there's there's a base. Like it's just part of who we are. And it's neither good nor bad, but how we deal with it is what matters most. Sure. Yeah. 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 So podcasting is no longer in anxiety provoking. Maybe it was at the beginning. Was it? I don't think so. It's hard. It was a long time ago. I've never had a problem listening to myself talk. So sure, <laughs> so sure. this was never particularly anxious. Yes, but producing. other people are going to listen to you talk. You know, I, hey. again, that's hey. irrelevant to me. <laughs> <laughs> what other people take away from what I say? That's not my concern. That's For sure. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. Again, the the podcasting studio is a safe space. That's right for us all. Absolutely. So, yeah. Except for the wasp that I killed before the show started. Yeah, but that was in the bathroom. All oh, right. So. <laughs> Yeah. So um, yeah, no no anxiety here. So that's answered your question. How, and, base and level of anxiety. Base level. Yeah, base uh, level. You know, there's always the base level. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So, um, what do you want to do? You want to talk about your conference? You want to talk about relevant? First? Let's talk about relevant, and then I'll throw in pieces from the conference okay. as we go. All right. What to do when God won't take away your anxiety? Mm. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. God's probably not going to take away your anxiety. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we can have you know understanding when we talk about anxiety that we're talking kind of about two things at once. Okay. And it's and so sometimes we can um, confuse the two yeah. easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one would be maybe we would say like a seasonal or situational anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like doing this makes me feel anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether that is oh, I have to do a public speaking address right. or I'm about to get on a roller coaster or um, greater things like I'm starting a new job yep. or uh, a baby's about to come into the world. Those are seasonal. Mm-hmm. can be examples of seasonal anxiety that can take place over minutes to months. Yeah, you know, yeah. the technical term we might use would be acute anxiety. Okay. Right? Yeah. Acute. It's all, it's, Not it's, adorable. Acute. It's really, it's really cute. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then there's kind of like the, I have like clinical anxiety. Mm-hmm. Or, I think there's a level before clinical anxiety. Okay. But they're, they're, the anxiety that we carry with us all the time. Okay. It's just part of our existence, right? Sure. And so, um, you know, we call this like the chronic anxiety. And sure. this can be this can become unhealthy. It can develop into, you know, clinical levels of anxiety and even leading to depression or other things like that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's the base level of, wow, I exist in a world in which I'm raising kids who face challenges all the time. Sure. And, I, you know, how do I handle that? How do I balance my work life with my family life? How do I walk into this uh, meeting that I know people are upset about this thing that I hold uh, to be true? Like I said this thing and I believe it to be true, but I know people are upset and I've got to walk into a meeting about that. Those are kind of these base levels, what we might call chronic anxiety. They're with us all the time. Um, But it's not for most of us, it's not to a point where it needs clinical intervention. Yeah. Right. And so, and so there, there is a distinction there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we kind of have that, that clinical anxiety right. where you do need intervention yeah. from a higher source. Um, not just God, not God. Yes. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, trained a ther- professionals, a, a therapist, a yeah. uh, psychiatrist, yeah. maybe sometimes even medical intervention, yeah, you know, absolutely. Through, through medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I think when we, in the church, like talk about these things. Sometimes we're like, Hey, God wants to free you from worry and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Here's Jesus saying, mm-hmm. hey, don't do not worry. Like it doesn't mean a lot to people who are in like clinical right. anxiety or you're in postpartum anxiety or depression where you're like, I cannot get free of this. Yeah. You know, and that may mean a lot to, you know, Oh, I, I can trust and lean on God in those moments of mm-hmm. anxiety. Mm-hmm. But in the day to day, I experience this, fear every day or not and uh, fear anxiety every day and it's never going away it, th- those words of jesus sometimes feel like okay yeah, yeah. I, I think sometimes that happens because we are too quick to dismiss um thera- therapeutic interventions absolutely and you know medicine and psychology uh, when done well and when done faithfully are, are gifts from god right and they, they are ways through which god can help um, people uh, move through that anxiety and uh, you know and can be set free as you're using that language right yeah um but in the church too often we're like oh you just need to pray more and god will give you all the faith that you need and that that will absolutely fall short and will and will not ring true to people's experience yeah absolutely yeah or and and the, also the reality of jesus saying do not worry is mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. and saying i'm going to struggle with anxiety my entire life yeah. is also can also yep. be very true absolutely both those things can be true at the same time mm-hmm. all right so uh this is by this article here is by rachel moreland 
Uh, and she starts off, a question I'm often asked is, how did you stop having anxiety? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that that's a, a fair place to start. Mm-hmm. Like, even in management and figuring out how to navigate those waters of anxiety, we can still say they're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the sea of anxiety quiets and sometimes it rages and sometimes you're not quite sure why it's raging. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it's ever necessarily gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it makes that difficult to talk about and things like that. So she is going to highlight, um, or here are five things. I thought it was three things. But here are five things to keep in mind if you're a Christian struggling with anxiety. Okay. Okay. So number one, God can heal us from anything, even anxiety. Or what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, God can, but that sure. doesn't mean that our healing always looks the way that we expect it to look. And it doesn't mean that our, that our healing just comes like, oh, I prayed and now I don't have anxiety anymore. Right. Yeah. And you, the healing can come through a therapeutic intervention. The healing can come sure. through a medicinal intervention. The healing can come through years and years and years of struggle. Um, the healing may only come in the resurrection, right? But yeah, yeah God can. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. Like, uh, in, in, in the same way, I believe Jesus can heal physical ailments, mm-hmm. and yet people still develop mm-hmm. cancer that mm-hmm. ultimately takes their life. Yeah. You know, like, and that's not a indictment of Jesus's healing ability or their faith. It's just this is how things operate yeah. in this world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yes, God can heal us from anything, even anxiety. That doesn't mean every person is going to be healed from anxiety. Um, Having anxiety is not a reflection of your lack of faith. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when we think about, you know, what we were talking about from the conference, right? That there's a base level of anxiety that we all carry. Yes. And, you know, how you handle that is different and how you respond to it is different. But all of us carry this. It's it's a part of the the water that we swim in. You no one even people who say, "Oh, I'm just not an anxious person." There there's always a base level of anxiety that you're carrying with you. You just maybe name it something different or identify it differently, but it's yeah. it's there. It's a part of the human experience. It has nothing to do with your faith. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, she's going to say, "I cannot tell you how many times I have heard well-meaning churchgoers tell me, "You just need to pray about it more. You really need Oof. to go before the Lord." Yeah, sure. Those are good things. Praying yeah. about things is good. Going before the Lord, I guess, is good. I don't know what that fully means, but yeah, right, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll go. But that's not. That's also not the point of dealing. Like, anxiety is not a sign of lack of faith. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and the and people I know who've struggled sometimes very deeply mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Uh, with this, you know, I've said, you know, they've fallen, you know, crying weakly before the God in prayer, mm-hmm. begging to be released from it yeah. and, and not feeling that. And to be kind of have that inclination or that feeling that God will take that away if their faith is strong enough does such a disservice um, to people to say like, because it only reinforces either A, God does not care about you, yeah. or B, your faith is not strong enough, yeah. or C, God does not exist. I mean, that's mm. really the only options you can come away with that kind of mentality or, or theology. Yeah, yeah, and so that um, those and those are all dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like so, um, so you can be an incredibly faithful person who deals with neurological ailments. Yeah, and those are not. Uh, exclusionary to one another mm-hmm. yep. all right healing comes in many forms yeah yeah okay 
Thus far, these are really easy to agree with. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe it's relevant isn't always in-depth stuff. Sure. Sometimes they kind of give like kind of a base or surface level things. Yeah. This, this is hitting that surface. It's yeah. scratching. Yeah. And I think we already kind of adjusted to this. Like sometimes uh, managing anxiety mm-hmm. is going to be a long, drawn out process. Sometimes yeah. it requires the you know, uh, another person being involved and requires medication being involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those things, uh, are, are a way to achieve healing. But I, you know, sometimes when we talk about like uh, neurological, um, ailments, mm-hmm. sometimes we for- forget that they have some similarities to physical ailments uh, Sure. in that, um, you know, you can't see anxiety or depression or things like that. You can see a broken arm. So a person going to a doctor for a broken arm is like, yeah, well, that's what you should do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A person saying like, I have depression and anxiety. I want to see a doctor sometimes can be looked at, like with a little bit of cross-eyed look of like, well, you seem fine. Yeah. Yeah. And some people who have deep depression and anxiety seem great. Like mm-hmm. they seem they have... There could be the life of the party, and they can still have depression and anxiety. Yeah, they can have their entire thing managed and balanced, their entire life managed and balanced, and still have anxiety. Yeah, you know, all those things can happen. So, it just because it's un it's an unseen illness does not mean it's not there, mm-hmm. and does not mean it does not need a, the same kind of medical intervention. Sure. Okay. We are not alone in our anxiety. It's number four. Yeah, I mean, we've already talked about how all of us carry it, and so there, yeah. there's one piece of like stopping. Stopping shaming one another for something that all of us hold. It's like shaming people for having hair. Like, that, you know, sure. some of us have more of it than others, I suppose, but we've all got it, right? And uh, so th- that's a piece of it. And also, yeah, Jesus walks with us through all of that. You know, we, we preach this in Lutheran church, especially all the time, that whatever hardship or struggle we're facing, there is never a moment in which Jesus is not with us. And there's not a moment that Jesus is not faced, right? Yeah. I, I believe that Jesus carried anxiety. Yeah. Uh, I think Jesus dealt with his anxiety in a way that was faithful and, mm-hmm. and healthy, um, but I believe Jesus carried anxiety. You know, Jesus sure. prays in the garden, Father, forgive, or Father, take this cup from me, if that's your will, take this cup. Like, I think that's a result of anxiety. I think Jesus yeah. knows what's coming and doesn't want to face that. Like, I wouldn't want to face a crucifixion either, yeah. um, but he remains faithful to God and to the, the call that God has put on his life. So yeah. there's a, a demonstration for us in what it looks like to live faithfully through anxiety in the midst of that. But yeah, Jesus absolutely is with us so we're never alone in that yeah absolutely i and i mean even in that, in that situation jesus is praying so hard he's like sweating and it's in mm-hmm. the bible it's kind of hard to decipher like it's like sweating blood yeah. you know in a sense mm-hmm. so whether that's like sweating real bad yeah or it's like or really bad you yeah know? like neither one is good i don't know <laughs> sure yeah yeah but, i don't know what has to happen to your body for you to sweat blood but it's not good whatever sure. it is it's not good yeah so uh so that, that's definitely having that incredibly traumatic experience going into it i mean so so jesus experiences this right alongside Mm -hmm. you i think as you're going through and also there are all of us on some level have this and some of us have more than others yeah um that some of us have tough walks when it comes to uh, neurological um issues like this Mm -hmm. and some so if you are a listener out there and you're like i feel anxious or depressed all the time and i don't feel release from it you are not alone in yeah. that yep. um that you have allies around you not only who can support you but also who can empathize with you mm-hmm. yeah all right uh number five the road to recovery can be slow and messy yeah 
Yeah. Well, and so here I think she's clearly talking about that clinical path, right? Yeah. Where, and I think that's definitely true. Um, you know, I've not walked that path myself. I've walked it with others, and it is—it's a long process. It's not an overnight flip the switch. Everything's better. Even even if you are doing therapy, even if you are uh, taking medicine uh, that can help that, it's not an overnight thing. Like there's, it takes time to get the medicine balance right. It takes time for your you know sure. thera- therapeutic skills to kick in so that you have the the mindset to uh, work through some of that stuff. Um, it's yeah it's long and it can be cyclical too right I mean you can go mm-hmm. through moments where it's uh, you feel like you're doing really well and then something happens and it throws everything off uh, off balance again and so I think the key there right is finding people who don't mind walking with you through the mess uh, if you if you're surrounding yourself just with people who um, want to w- walk with you when you're doing great and everything's clean and neat and pretty they're not going to be the people who are going to be able to support you through a, a journey towards healing yeah and you know you need people who are willing to get down and plunge the toilet with you sure i was just the messiest thing i could think of off the top of my head sure clean out the cat box yeah sure yeah <laughs> it's also messy it's pretty gross no i don't know i've got a little scoop thing it's not that bad mm. it's not like i reach in there with my bare hands to clean out the cat box <laughs> so so one of my cats is, oh lord is kind of chubby and so she gets in her box uh-huh. with her butt hanging out and pees outside the box sometimes. Okay. That's messy. Yeah, so that's We have not, a mat that she has. That's not fun. I have to clean up. So. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. me- I, w- I, I would get into that situation with you, Patrick. I would clean up the cat box. Come on me. over anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Metaphorically, not the actual cat box. Yes. But she is in it. Like she stands in it. She does her best. Yeah. She's just, she's just, she's just large. Maybe you should get her a bigger cat box. It doesn't matter. Maybe you should just make the whole, you've got like a little mud room. You just make the whole mud room the cat box. Just sure. put litter all over the floor of the mud room. I should stand on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> just right at the edge of the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's relevant. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into maybe your conference. Any, any yeah, insights so, you want to give us? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things we were, I mean, we were particularly focused on leading through anxiety and how sure. uh, the anxiety that we carry as leaders uh, manifests itself in the congregation. And one of the things that I found particularly eye-opening and fascinating is this idea that chronic anxiety, as we're talking about it, right? Not the acute, not the clinical, but the chronic anxiety that we all carry with us, when we're not aware of it, it's actually contagious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he gave a couple of examples of this. And, and the one that I found meaningful is, you know, you've got everybody uh, in a room for a Bible study. And there's one person who's just always late. Doesn't matter what time you tell them the meet st- meeting's going to start. This person is always late. Mm-hmm. And so finally, you, know, you wait five minutes, you wait 10 minutes, that person's still out there. You say, okay, let's go ahead and go. You're going around the room. You're talking to everybody. How's everybody's week going? And, you know, somebody down the room just breaks down. They've lost their job. Their uh, spouse is uh, diagnosed with a new illness. And they're like, everybody in the room is just having this holy moment of caring for this person, sure. just doing everything they can. Uh, and right as that's happening, right, in busts this person who's chronically late right mm-hmm. and as they walk in uh they're, they're in the room and they're, oh i'm so sorry and they're they're huge and they're you know, kind of filling the whole space i'm so sorry i'm late you know, can't believe what happened you know and you're like your house didn't move you knew what time you were supposed to be sure. here but you're still late and so now you've got this person who's coming into the space late and their anxiety about being late even though they're always late their anxiety about being late is adding to the anxiety of the person who's trying to have this really holy moment so the person who ends up feeling like they've done something wrong is the person who has been sharing this deep, powerful thing mm-hmm. because this moment has been interrupted by someone else's anxiety, right? Yeah. And that can happen to us in all sorts of different ways. That's just one uh, kind of example that uh, sure. Steve offered. Um, that I p- found particularly valuable, but thinking about how when we carry ourselves into a space, other people pick up on mm-hmm. um, that anxiety, uh, wh- however we're presenting it, right? If we're manifesting it in a really physical way, people pick up on that. If we're 
managing it in a really uh, intentional way, then people pick up on that. And so um, how we carry ourselves in those spaces affects the anxiety of others in, in ways that, you know, you kind of think about it like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. But having someone say it to me was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And it was really revelatory for me to think about the, the contagiousness of that anxiety. Okay. You know, it's even like thinking about Jesus, right? Sure. Seems like a good person to talk about. Always. Um, you know, Jesus talking about do not worry. Yeah. Right. And I think that's less about saying don't ever hang, have anxiety and more about Jesus setting a model of how you live with that anxiety. Right. How you how you live with this notion of root yourself, mm-hmm. right? Root yourself in the presence of God um, so that you have uh, this presence that you carry into a space that you you are first and foremost a child of God. Yeah. And w- whatever else comes at you in that space, you are always going to be first and foremost a child of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just a, a really helpful place for, for me to start. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to pause there and let you kind of reflect on anything that I said and then we'll, we'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could certainly uh, understand this idea of like we come into space, we are contagious are all of our emotions we're all contagious we're all yeah. contagious after you know <laughs> two years of pandemic we living, finally living through covid we understand we're all contagious yeah you know we're, we're all gross not just uh, what we're sneezing out but also right. what we're breathing out in this world yeah. matters like yeah. it, 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 it kind of catches on and um one of the things you know like uh that that's true in like every kind of group setting you're in, like sometimes anxiety is easier to catch than like sometimes joy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that's just an easier thing that, that kind of passes from one person to another. And so if we're bringing all of us mm-hmm. have this anxiety, we all have to, you know, recognize we're all bringing this. Yeah. So it's not like this one person is just bringing this to the group. And if they were gone, we'd all have it all figured out. Yeah. Like we're all bringing it, including me. To every situation that I'm or every group setting that I'm in. Right. And so how do we navigate those waters? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things you mentioned, I heard this actually just uh, this morning on a podcast that it takes roughly three seconds for a message of shame to be received and implanted in our brain. And it takes roughly 60 to 90 seconds for a message of like encouragement and joy to do the same. Okay. Wow. And so like when they, when they do neurological studies, like it's so fast that we embody that shame or that anxiety piece, right? We, We take that to heart so quickly and it takes so much longer for us to really sit with and embrace the opposite. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that I think that's a, the same thing that we're experiencing here, right? You walk into a space, you make one misstep, the whole room is picked up on it. Sure. And it takes a long time to try to back up from that and, and re sure. recover. And, and you know, he, one of the things that Steve said also, right? Like managing your anxiety well for him, like this is how he thinks about it. Managing your anxiety well means getting it right five out of 10 times. Okay. Like you do it well 50% of the time and you're really, really working hard at managing your anxiety. Like that's, okay. that's like the good, and he's like most of you probably right now do it like one out of 10 times and you don't even realize it, right? We, sure. d- we just don't realize the way that, um, how we're carrying ourselves is having these impacts out in the, in the world around us because we're so used to doing it for so long sure. that we, we say things like, oh, well, that's just who I am. Sure. That's just my personality. I'm just a big personality. I'm just a, a loud personality. I'm just... Uh, you know, I'm just a, I'm a director. And so I'm just, you know, someone who walks in and can tell people what to do. A lot of that is actually our anxiety manifesting itself in unhealthy ways and people then having to cope and respond to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's only when we start doing this work of, oh, wow, when I walk into the room and immediately act like I have to be the center of attention, that's a, that's a big deal for the room. And everybody in the room responds a certain way because of that anxiety that I'm in bringing into there. Sure. And so the work that Steve was helping us do was backing up and saying, okay, what are the um, false narratives that I'm telling myself that makes me think I have to walk into every room and be the biggest, loudest 
most important person in the room. Yeah. What What am I telling myself that's not true? And, you, you know, it comes down to all sorts of different things like that one. The, the false uh, false narrative might be, oh, well, if I uh, if I'm not the most Im- impressive person in the room, then I have no value. Yeah. Right. And so, oh, well, I have to I have to learn. I have to train myself to believe that I have value if I walk into a room, even if I'm not the most important person there. For sure. And yeah. and, and that's like the work of managing your anxiety well. Okay. And that's that's really hard stuff, right? I mean, sure. we did this for uh, three days and it was exhausting. Yeah. Um, and basically every day, you know, Steve would end the session by saying like, listen, you need to go and relax and like just be alone for a while. You like you need time to just be because mm-hmm. this is hard work. And it's intentional. And so fortunately, we were in a space where we could do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That, I think that's a really good way to think about things, especially if you're in a situation where you have to be in teams and groups yeah. and you have to recognize what am I unconsciously bringing to this team and group yeah. uh, and how I present myself. Yeah. yeah. And, we're, and we're all doing it too, that, yeah. uh, right? You know, one of the, um, we got one more example and then sure. I'm going to give an exercise for people. But okay. uh, one of the things we talked about was specifically with staff meetings. And you can use this anywhere, but we were talking staff meetings because we're all leading congregations. And so it was identifying the people in your room and how they present themselves when they are becoming anxious. Okay. And he's, he was talking about how typically you have people who get bigger or people who get smaller. Mm-hmm. And he used the analogy of animals that you have predators and you have prey. And so you have people who are predators. It sounds bad when I say it that way. You have people who become bigger, who become like predators, right? And so mm-hmm. um, they become anxious and they become the loudest voice in the room. They talk more. They maybe move their hands more. They gesture wildly, that sort of thing. And then you've got people who uh, face uh, an anxious situation and they get really, really quiet. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you don't hear from them at all. Um, and so when you've got a staff room or a room full of staff and you're trying to present a new idea or offer up a challenge to the staff, you got to watch how your people are responding to that because suddenly you're only going to hear from the people who are the predators. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to hear from the people who feel like the prey. Um, someone else is going to be, you know, trying to crack jokes, trying to diffuse the situation, trying to make it less anxious for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else is going to be trying to get out of the room as fast as they possibly can. Uh, and so you've just got to be aware of those dynamics. And this is true if you're going to a family reunion, mm-hmm. right? This is true if you're dealing with your family when there's a death, yeah. uh, if you're getting a diagnosis of something, if you're, working with your kids and their teachers on a challenge at school, right? These are things that are true everywhere. Mm-hmm. We just happen to use the context of a staff meeting. Sure. Um, but we all are carrying these things. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really just helpful. Like, even if you don't fully know what it means, you can just watch how people respond. And you get like a sense of like, okay, what is it, how, how might I help manage this? Because what he was, his point was, we don't need to get bigger. We don't need to get smaller. God calls us to be human-sized. Mm-hmm. And so how do I help myself just to be human-sized without trying to be more than myself and less than myself? Just be the size that I'm called to be. Sure. Yeah. Okay. They're really interesting stuff. Yeah. SteveCussWords.com, I think. You'll Steve Cusswords. You'll find it. <laughs> Google Steve Cusswords. Who knows it'll show up, but you'll find it. He'll probably show up. Yeah. He'll probably show up. So one other, uh, how are we doing on time? I don't, I don't we know. Got time. We got some time. So one other like exercise that I think is really valuable. And we started this in... Uh, staff meeting yesterday because mm-hmm. I came back and this was my one new idea that I wanted to share with the staff. There will be more, but this was the one that we started with. Mm-hmm. Um, but so make a list for yourself of things that remind you that you are a child of God. All right. And make this list um, specific, make it uh, full of people, full of places, full of activities. Um, you know, and you know, so we were talking about the specificity, right? Don't say, Oh, you know, watching a sunset. No, say watching a sunset on the beach with a campfire and my kids roasting marshmallows, right? That's the kind of specificity that we are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but make yourself that list. Take, take the time, take weeks, however long it takes to just 
pile up this list of things that like, these are things that allow me to remember my place as a child of God. Mm -hmm. These are things that don't bring me anxiety that allow me to remember that I'm not in control, that I don't have to do God's job. And then intentionally try to do those things, right? Intentionally or orient your life towards things that allow you to experience that. And, you know, obviously you have a job, you you have a family that you have to deal with. You can't just say, I'm only going to do these things. Sure. It's probably not going to be effective either. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Road trips are what makes (laughs) you feel like a child of God. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But orient your life towards things that allow you to feel that. And so, you know, if that means altering how you, uh, altering how you work out or altering how you spend your free time or altering what your weekends looks like or, um, altering how much time you spend doing a certain activity, right? You know, think about ways that you can invest in those activities that remind, and you know, they can be small things, right? I don't, I don't have this particular relationship with an animal, but, uh, he gave the example of like just petting his dog. Like his dog's just got these floppy ears and he's like, yeah, five minutes of just petting my dog and letting those floppy ears waggle all around. Like that's, that's a great, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not hard. Sure. It doesn't take hours of his day, um, but it's something that he can do. And it's, you know, we can, inv- we can orient ourselves towards that um, to remind ourselves of that position so that when we go into those anxious places, we carry that with us rather than carrying our natural anxiety with us. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What's uh, what's an activity for you if you don't want to, if you want to share? Yeah. So on my list, um, I had, let's see, I got, I don't have it in front of me, so now I got to remember what it was. Um, I had uh, um, cuddling with my kids when they're sick. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really sad for them because they're sick, but they're like, they're just super cuddly. They are. And they just <laughs> want to like lay on your lap and like fall asleep. And it's great. And I love that. Sure. Um, and let's see what I did not have petting Rhapsody on my list. That is not one that reminds me that I'm a child mm-hmm. of God. It reminds me that I'm allergic to cats. That's all that does. Um, cooking was another one. Cooking yep. for my family. Uh, working in the yard, you know, playing, getting my hands on the dirt and gardening and things like that. Not for me. That's fine. <laughs> That's not for you. It's for me. Yeah. Those are some of the things on my list. Cool. Yeah, some things on my list uh, when we did this yesterday. Uh, yeah, sometimes at night, uh, Timmy, when he's like sleepy, mm-hmm. will like, um, he'll lay on the bed with me and my wife and he likes to like trace our faces with his mm-hmm. fingers. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really sweet moment. He's super active all the time. Like he's always running and moving. And so having kind of that like still moment mm-hmm. is like really special. Um, the For a while, and I have not done this very well. So maybe I should kick this back up um i would take my my dog with me to go drop off to me at daycare mm-hmm. and then he and i would go for a walk in the woods sure and it was just like he and me and like nobody else yeah like walking through like these trails that no one else was on mm-hmm. and that was just like a really kind of like still moments and uh sitting and just like reading in the same room with my wife is just like a really mm-hmm. like special time so like we'll just uh you know be near each other on the couch and just like each reading together so do you ever read the same book no, almost never. Okay. <laughs> no. Do you ever read to her? No. Okay. Would she like it if you read to her? Pro- maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if you read to her, would you do voices? I don't do voices. Oh, okay. I'm like I'm uh, strict no voices. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they work. You know. Even when I even <laughs> you have when, a voice. What do you mean you don't know how it even works? Even when I did like improv, like some of the other guys like would do voices. Uh-huh. Like we're in like Ireland, and I'd be like, and "Yeah, do, we're in Ireland." Obviously. <laughs> I just would not do an accent. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like my my brain to mouth just like cannot translate very well. Okay. So yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, all right. There you go. Some anxiety stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, if you liked this episode or any of our others, you can find us at beyondsundaypodcast.com. Uh, I'm out of practice. I forgot what we were there for a second. Um, you can send us a list of things that you that bring you joy and, and remind you of your place of child of God. We'd love to hear about that. And you can send that to beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Please yeah. do not send any funds towards the Get David a Tattoo. We do not want those uh, dollars. You can direct those dollars directly to the charity of your choice uh, in your area. Um, there will be far better spent there than trying to get me to get a condiment tattoo. Salsa. You already planned it out. Yeah, I mean, it's Dancing great, but jalapeno. I also don't want it. <laughs> all right, so that's all I've got. Uh, have a great week. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.